0: This is Leadership in Motion with Dr. Israel Molina. Welcome to Leadership in Motion. In this episode, we'll discuss leadership in an AI world. AI, artificial intelligence. When we think about the term artificial intelligence, what comes to mind? I know if you're like me, Who grew up uh, with movies of the 70s, 80s, and 90s, when we think about AI, we start thinking about movies such as The Terminator, iRobot, and other movies that basically depict robots coming to life and actually destroying mankind. But AI is not really that, at least not right now, you know, thank God it isn't. AI is basically using data, knowledge, crunching information, and trying to produce a product or service that's a little bit more efficient than before. A gentleman by the name of Alan Turing of Great Britain, who was born in 1912 and passed away in 1954, termed the phrase, artificial intelligence. Alan Turing was a theoretical computer scientist at the time. At the time we really didn't have too many computers, but he created algorithms that can actually be used to formulate uh, products. He can actually use those algorithms to actually decode the Germans' messages decipher their messages during World War II. He was pivotal for decoding messages that the Allies used to defeat the Nazis and ultimately win the war. So the terminology, artificial intelligence, is kind of an old terminology. But the thing about that terminology, artificial intelligence, is kind of a a, a broad, whole entire uh, field, It basically entails all sorts of things that you can actually use in terms of artificial intelligence. And like I said, it's not Skynet, you know, and robots coming to life. Right now, we have artificial intelligence working for us. We may not even think about it all the time but if you were to go ahead and use your smartphone, and one of the things about that smartphone, when you bought that smartphone that you're probably listening to this podcast on and stuff, there was a lot of little fine print in that agreement that you use, right? And you, of course, like everybody else, you scrolled all the way down to the bottom, and you clicked agree, 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 click, submit, bang, your smartphone is working. And you know, in a lot of that terminology, a lot of those terms and, and phrases and, and agreements that you assigned is allowing the phone company to use your data, to use your data. So when you're actually on that smartphone and you're doing a search, a Google search for this or that or whatever, what's the best uh, coffee um, shop to go to or where can I buy this or that and everything, it's using That data from your cell phone now prior to the current administration coming into office the Consumer Rights Act basically limited how much of that data the phone companies and the internet providers would actually be able to sell to a third party so they were very limited but with this current administration, and this is right now, September 15th, 2019, this current administration, as soon as they came into office, they got rid of that regulation. They, get, they got rid of that regulation that stated that they could not use your data and sell it to other people who want to know what is it that you and me are looking for online. What is it? Where, where are the places that we go to to shop or eat or maybe if we buy concert tickets or whatever the things we are Googling about that we're curious about. So now they can actually sell this information to any schmo that has the money, you know. So that's kind of kind of dangerous. When it comes to artificial intelligence, it's all around us. They're using that information. They're actually crunching data, all your data. Okay, well, I drive an F-150 pickup truck. I go to the Shell gas station because, you know, I use that on my my credit card. All this information, all this data is coming together and computers are actually crunching it. Have you ever noticed that if you go to a mall and you have your cell phone and all of a sudden a little pop-up ad comes up or a text message comes up and it says, JCPenney, 25% off, linen. And just because you actually walked past a JCPenney? Or you just happened to park in front of a, a Burger King or a McDonald's in a little coupon or, or something telling you about the latest and greatest you know, value meal that they have, or whatever the case may be. That's because computers are actually... Using that data that was sold to them to to actually drive you towards those companies, businesses, organizations that are trying to sell you something. Another way you can actually take a look at what AI is actually doing is if you're driving right now and you're using your GPS and you're getting from point A to point B, whatever the distance is and all that. And it sets up your route. And it tells you that your ride should take 20 minutes to get to your destination. And as you're driving, all of a sudden, it says hazard ahead, rerouting. And we don't really think about it. We're like, wow, that's pretty cool. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and avoid this traffic. And it tells you how much time you saved by avoiding that traffic. It might have been a ha- uh, some type of hazard, or an accident, or whatever the case may be, maybe construction up ahead. Have you ever thought about how that happens? As you're driving down the road, take a look at how many cameras you actually see on the highway. Those cameras are actually looking at the road conditions. They're feeding it up into the cloud. They're actually providing data from the Department of Transportation to your GPS. Your GPS interprets that information. It determines where you're going, and it basically will route you a better way. That's good use of artificial intelligence. You're using a network of Department of Transportation cameras, police reports in some cases, to actually get you from one place to another efficiently. And we're pretty good with that. We don't have a problem with that. One of the things that Alan Turing actually did was he kind of determined what artificial intelligence is. By his definition, if 30% of the people believe that they're actually communicating and interacting with a human, then it's artificial intelligence. And if you think about the time and age that he actually was around, he was born in 1912 and passed away in 1954, computers really weren't up to speed the way they are today. So if you think about how he actually thought about our interaction with computers, it was pretty profound. Today, we have Alexa, we have Siri, and if you really take under consideration what Alan Turing actually said, that if people, 30% of people believe that they're interacting with a person, then it's legitimately artificial intelligence. Now, I know I'm not the only one guilty of this, and, you know, raise your hand. Well, maybe not if you're driving. If you have actually have ever done this, if you had an iPhone and you had Siri, and you asked Siri a question, and it didn't come up with a right answer. And then so you kind of maybe were a little bit rude with Siri. You know, Siri, you know, you're really kind of dumb. You know, that's really the stupidest answer I've ever heard. And you actually said that to Siri, and, and Siri will respond, not really in a negative tone and stuff like that, but my wife would actually get on my case because I kind of was rude to Siri. Siri is a robot. Siri is just a computer. I keep on trying to tell her. But to her and her mind and her thought, I was being impolite to Siri. And, of course, you know, my wife won't talk to me until I apologize to Siri. I try, Although I try to convince her, Hon, Siri is just a computer. Okay, okay. Siri, I'm sorry I, I said those bad words to you. And then so Siri, of course, would say, Well, thank you, or whatever the case may be and stuff, right? And she actually thinks that it's actually a real voice or something. It's kind of funny. It's kind of funny to to think about. Alexa is the same way. Alexa is constantly thinking thinking and listening to what you're saying, but it's still just a database. It's still just a computer. But it's gotten to the point where people actually believe that they're an actual human. They're an actual human. Siri and Alexa and all these other programs that actually use... uh, interactive voice recognition is basically running on database, on data, actual just data. That's why every so often, if you ask Alexa to play a certain song and she doesn't play that song that you were hoping for, and then you repeat it a couple of times and it's not the song that you're hoping for again and again, it's basically based either on you either didn't have the right title to the song, or the song wasn't entered into its database and it doesn't recognize it. So remember that old terminology when we were in school and we were starting to learn a little bit about computers and all that, and it was talking about garbage in, garbage out when it comes to computer? That's basically the same thing. Right now, artificial intelligence is basically as good as the information that's being actually input it into the system so if you entered the wrong information and how many of us had an old probably and I don't want to speak bad about Garmin or, what, or some of those old TomTom Tom, um, GPSs and and we're going to go ahead we're going to go across country and this is going to be a great ride and everything like that and, and then so all of a sudden right it tells us to take a left turn but a left turn is a bridge that was knocked down a year ago maybe two years ago or the road actually leads to a dead end, or maybe, worse yet, a cliff. That was because the database was never updated. The the database was never upgraded to actually make the changes that we need. And so, in other words, artificial intelligence is only based on the information that's actually entered into the, the system. Now, if you think about artificial intelligence and the workplace. Artificial intelligence and the workplace. It was determined by scientists, and I I believe it was the, the, the UN had some type of research into this, that by the year 2040, over 800 million jobs around the world will be lost. Due to automation, robotics, artificial intelligence, 800 million jobs around the world. It is estimated that in the United States, between 40 and maybe 50 million jobs will be lost. And if you think about it, right? Well, that's only in 2040. 2040 is just around the corner. 2040 is just around the corner. And for us baby boomers, we'll be out of the workforce, the workplace by then. Sure, there may be a few that maybe just linger around, hang around, because they have nothing else to do and stuff. But the thing about it is for the, primarily the baby boomers will be gone. The Gen X generation will, will be gone for the most part. The people that are going to be affected by this the most are millennials and the Z generation. So they're going to be affected by this change in our workforce. Our society is going to move from a physical-based workforce to a knowledge-based workforce. A physical-based workforce, that means where people are actually physically doing something. We're going to put this together, put that together, have to solder this, have to put that water wire there, to an actual database knowledge-driven workforce where we're programming computers to actually do things. And if you don't think that that's really going to happen or you think that that's kind of a far-fetched notion think about Detroit think about maybe about 50 years ago when they were making cars and, and it was you know and of course you know Henry Ford right when he created the Model T way back then right and he, and he created a, an assembly line which was god very you know uh, progressive to create an assembly line where one part goes to a, a one unit they do something which goes to another unit, and they do they put on something that, they, on and on and on. At the end of the product, right there was a car rolling out the assembly line. That's fine and good, but if anybody thinks that that is the way that we still do uh, and still make cars, they have something else to think about, because nowadays what used to take maybe hundreds of people on an assembly line to actually create a car, now the majority of it is robots. So a robot does this, puts this boat, that boat, puts this together, that together. It goes to another robot that does something else, on and on and on. Sure, you may have a few people here and there keeping an eye out on what's happening, quality assurance, making sure that things are working fine and everything, right? Uh, and then so, of course, at the total end of the assembly line, you have a car. Now, some people can argue that that's probably the reason why we have a lot of recalls. Because a robot may not tell the difference that, well, you know, this boat should have gone in in this direction or maybe that direction or maybe it's something was slightly skewed with maybe the brake pads or something. And that's why we have probably a lot of recalls, probably more recalls than ever before, because you don't have the human factor actually contributing to the creation of a, of a vehicle. And then that actually raises the question between intelligence and wisdom. Intelligence means that you have knowledge base. You have knowledge, maybe book knowledge. You have knowledge of this or this and that. And you can do this and perform this and all that stuff. Wisdom is being able to use that ethically, morally, with compassion, with a human eye. So when it comes to cars... You know, some of that may not apply. Ethically, it may not apply. Morally, it may not apply and stuff like that. But when you're talking about when you're using artificial intelligence to make decisions on who you're going to cover for health care, who you're going to cover for life insurance. Well, this, you know, one of the things that we see often today is all these auto insurance companies. Yes, take this device and we'll lower your, your insurance rate. Put, just put this on your car, and uh, we can give you 5% off on your insurance. What they're actually trying to do is get an actual picture of how you drive. Are you driving at the speed limit? Are you over braking? Are you constantly braking hard? They're, they're basically trying to get a profile of your driving so that later on they can say, well, you know, this guy, he over brakes Ninety percent of his time, so we're gonna go ahead and jack up his his uh, auto insurance. That's what that is for. Don't be fooled into thinking that you're just gonna be providing your auto insurance. Oh, this information, and they're gonna, out of the greatness and, and their <laughs> in their heart, that they're gonna go ahead and try to reduce your insurance. No, they're trying to go ahead and pinpoint you so that you can go ahead and pay more insurance. Now that basically comes up with the the thought corporate greed because what happens is is that they're going to go ahead and use that data that you have just provided them yes I overbreak yes I do this yes I speed and this and that and so that they can go ahead and make more money off you so don't think that that information that you're providing them is going to be there just to help you. It's, it's kind of crazy to actually think about. Now, how about closer to home? How about closer to work? A lot of times, right, we're trying to get people to come up with artificial intelligence, ideas, database, you know, trying to get things together to try to create a, a maybe a better robot for, for work, a better, you know, way to process things. To, you know, now think about it. They are trying to motivate people to create artificial intelligence, the database, the information, everything that they need so that they can go ahead and automate things to get rid of their jobs. That is kind of crazy to think about. They want... The, How can you motivate somebody? Because you can't really come up straight out and actually tell somebody, hey, you know what, if you work hard and you actually meet corporate goals of achieving this AI system, this and that, we're going to go ahead and fire you. That doesn't really sound too good, does it? So how can we actually motivate people to actually help in the advancement and innovations that's going to lead us to artificial intelligence if the ultimate outcome is that you're going to actually lose your job. One thing that I was thinking about as I was doing my research on AI is the thought that advancement and innovation has always led to disruption and displacement of the workforce. Think about it. Just about all advancement and innovation has always led to disruption and displacement of the workforce. If you don't think that that's real or you can't, can't understand how that actually works, ask your local milkman who comes to your door and brings you milk um, every morning. Oh, right, <laughs> they're gone. To ask the person that works at your local corner video store. Oops, yeah, they're, they're gone too. Because advancements and innovations actually got rid of their positions, their jobs, their livelihood. So when you think about how we have progressed, it's constantly moving on and on. But as leaders of organizations and businesses, right, we have to understand our social responsibility. And like I said, corporate greed always outweighs social responsibility because a company's bottom line is to make money. They just want to make money. It doesn't matter at what cost. If I can create a machine that can do the job of, of of 10 people and basically it's going to cost me maybe about a couple hundred dollars in electricity, you know, a week or something like that. Yeah. I'll go ahead and I'll do that because, bottom line, I'm going to make a lot of money. I'm not paying for taxes, you know, Social Security, Medicare uh, programs for these folks and stuff like that. I'm not paying 401K. So think about it. Do you think that they have any type of social responsibility to employees? They don't. Their responsibility is only to shareholders, stockholders. Those are the people that they're responsible for. So if you think about what's going to happen to our workforce later on as more and more automation comes to fruition one of the things that i keep on thinking about when it comes to to how the future is going to look like is and if you can indulge me a little bit right if you were you know a child living up living in the 60s and 70s and and probably even so some folks probably even millennials probably may have seen this and stuff I keep on thinking about George Jetson. Remember George Jetson, that, that cartoon of the future, of what the future used to look, is going to look like? George Jetson, right, works in, uh, for Spacely Sprockets. And he goes to work, he kicks back, and all his responsibility is is to, to, to hit a button. To hit a button on, off, or whatever the case may be and everything, Right? And he comes to work at the end of the day, right? And, and Jane, his wife, oh, how was your day? And he's like, oh, God, you know, that's Spacely he's a real real workmonger work or whatever the case may be. I had to touch my, that button five times today. Had to touch a button five times today, and he's wore out. And one of the lines that I really, I remember seeing this one episode, he was talking about, yeah, these three-day work weeks are really killing me. A three-day work week? Pressing a button five times a day? Is that what the future looks like for us? It might be. Have you ever noticed this trend lately? What does a full-time job mean to you? To us baby boomers, a full-time job means 40 hours a week. 40 hours a week. And that's great. Because prior to that, you know, during, right after the the industrial revolution, a work week was like about 100 hours. But, Now, for us baby boomers, a a full-time work week was 40 hours. Now you see the trend in most companies, in a lot of companies, they're either going to three-day work weeks, they're going to a 36-hour full-time. Some companies are even actually stating in their policies and everything that a a full-time job is 30 hours. 30 hours. If you do your calculation of how much you get paid... Instead of 40 hours, now you're getting paid 30 hours. You're really not progressing, you know. But the thing about it is that's our trend. That's where we're moving towards. We're moving towards less workers, less hours, more corporate uh, profits. So automation is actually changing the way corporations do business. So how, as leaders within an organization, can we motivate people? Sure, like I said, you know, it's kind of hard to motivate people to go ahead and create the innovations that's going to go ahead and eliminate their jobs unless there's other things that we need to go ahead and try to use to motivate them. Hey, you know, if your job is eliminated, we're going to go ahead and provide some um, training so that you can actually probably get the skills to actually maintain some of these computers and robots and, and this and that. It's pretty interesting because this is the first time in history that advancements and, autom- and innovations are going to change the workplace, not only for blue-collar workers, but this time around, it's going to hit white-collar workers too. So that guy sitting in that corporate office in the corner that has a real nice view of the city, he has a real nice you know, desk and everything, he too is going to be eliminated because you don't need him to go ahead and crunch numbers on an Excel spreadsheet to come up with the graphs that he's going to present at the corporate meeting next week or, or whatever the case may be because the system is already going to do that. So this is the first time in the history of our nation, that white collar workers are gonna be affected. And if you're one of these people in these white collar jobs, and you can already see that it's automation and, and artificial intelligence is starting to creep in here, you know, I don't need to do that, this and this and that report anymore. Oh, no, no, no. Um, this system already comes up with uh, the, the facts and, and the numbers that we need to go ahead and uh, present to our corporate meeting. Okay, you can see that your days are probably numbered. It's a good time, uh, unless you're a baby boomer, you can go ahead and retire. But if you're a millennial, you may need to try to figure out some other way to actually gain some skills that's going to be relevant in the future. If you see that robotics are starting to take over your, your industry, the corporation, business, or wherever you're at and stuff like that, Maybe you might need to go ahead and invest a little bit of time, getting some skills on how to maintain, maybe be a, be a technician or something you can fall back on. Because let me tell you, when artificial intelligence takes over and corporate greed takes over and you're out the door, you're, I'm sorry to say it, uh, although you may think that you're a very valuable asset to your organization. Well, I'll never get fired. You know, I do this and this and this and that. Guess what? Um, you're disposable in the eyes of corporations that are trying to make a profit. So artificial intelligence takes no prisoners. It takes no prisoners. So you need to know what you're dealing with when it comes to artificial intelligence because it's coming. It's just a matter of time. And and like I said, I'm not talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger coming to steal your clothes, your boots, your motorcycle. No, that, that... who knows? Maybe it might happen. May not happen. Stuff, right? But we're talking about what's immediate. What's happening? What's what's coming pretty soon to our organizations. Corporate responsibility, social responsibility. What are our social responsibilities to to the working class, the people who actually work for us? I think, unless legislative effort comes around to protect workers, it's not going to happen. If probably Congress comes up with, okay, if a corporation has to go ahead and downsize because of automation, you know, a certain percentage of workers that they have to go ahead and afford them uh, probably college training or vocational training or some, something to actually help safeguard our workforce, then we may have problems in the future. Our unemployment rate may rise to a level where there's going to be a lot of people out there unemployed, and it's not because they don't want to. It's because automation has taken over. Artificial intelligence has taken over. You know, So it's something that we have to t- take a look at. Barriers to, un- to artificial intelligence? Technology. Right now, our technology is advancing so fast that Corporations actually have already stated that they cannot produce jobs fast enough as artificial intelligence and automation are actually removing. They can't keep up with it. So that's something we got to t- take a look at. Another barrier, of course, is knowledge. People need to understand that, hey, what worked good before is tried and true. I'm going to get this MBA degree and, oh, yeah, I'm going to be okay and stuff like that. May not work. You may need to get yourself some other type of skills that are is going to help you, you know, to, to remain relevant. You know, that's something that we got to take a look at. Data, like I said, data, garbage in, garbage out, and stuff, right? We're becoming a data driven society. And a lot of these corporations and, that use your data to actually create things for you to actually lead you to wherever, you know, they want you to go to actually buy products and stuff like that. We're becoming a very data-driven uh, society. And the thing about it too, right, is that when you talk about data-driven societies, when you're talking about machines that are making decisions for for you and stuff, there's a lot of things that we have to also take under consideration. Empathy. Empathy. Compassion. You know, I, I remember, like, if you remember Jurassic Park, right, you know, Everybody is so worried about if we can do this, but nobody asked the question whether we should do this. Can we, can we create a better computer to actually get rid of a lot of jobs? Yeah. But should we? What's everybody else going to do? and stuff? So that's something that we've got to take a look at. Human resources. Human resources are going to have to go ahead and actually you know, reemphasize education, training, when somebody gets hired within an organization, right, you know, it's not just teach them what to do for this job. It's actually probably broaden their, their outlook, broaden their experience, broaden their training and stuff, right? You know, you know cross-functional training it can help, especially when automation starts taking away jobs. Get people trained in different elements of the job so that that way they can be a productive when automation actually starts taking over and start getting rid of jobs, that's just some of the things that we have to take take a look at. So this this whole entire concept of AI, artificial intelligence, is real. Like I said, look all around you, it's there, it's out, it's out there. And in fact, I was just watching Netflix the other day, and it says pics for Israel. I'm like. Okay, because it already determined I like action movies, I like science fiction movies, I also like do- documentaries, I love documentaries. And what is on my picks? Those categories and stuff. It's out there, we really don't pay attention too much to it, but it's going to happen. It's going to change the way we do business. As leaders of organizations, we, are, we have to go ahead and come up with policies, procedures, and a way to safeguard our workforce. Sure, corporate greed is always going to be there, but we need to go ahead and try to safeguard our workforce. It's, it's ethical. It's, it's moral. If, we have, if our organizational goals have any type of ethics and morals, we must go ahead and realign our policies and procedures and, and think about what's going to happen to folks in the future. There's a lot of information out there on the Internet, on AI, a lot of technical information. I'm, not, I'm trying not to get into the technical uh, aspects of AI because there's like, you know, I really don't understand algorithms and how this and that gets crunched and how these numbers come about and all that. I know that it's out there. You know, I'm not really worried about it. I'm kind of more worried about the human element what's happening to humans and, and what's going to happen in our workforce, you know, in the future. So if you're really interested in AI, there's so many good TED Talks out there. There's so many good videos out there, uh, books out there. Uh, take a look because it's happening. If you're a baby boomer, this may not affect you too much. Like I said, you'll probably be retired and you're going to look back and say, wow, thank God, I kind of kind of, you know, dodged a bullet on that and stuff. But millennials, Z generations, and the next generation that's coming up after, they're going to have to go ahead and... And deal with these issues. I guess that's why there's a lot of folks, especially millennials and Z generations, that are gig workers. They may work at one place for a year or two, maybe three, maybe five years, and then so they may move on to another uh, business for a couple years here and there, on and on and on and all that, never staying in one organization long enough to, to actually, you know, in some cases, have a real good retirement. Like I said before, right? baby boomers would stay in a, in a company for 30 years, get, you know, get, get a, a gold watch at the end of it, and uh, retire. But the gig generation, they're going to be impacted by this. They're going to go to one corporation, and all of a sudden, they're going to downsize because of this, 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 this. They'll go ahead and probably suck up all the knowledge that they have, and this so just go ahead and, and move them on. Disposable workforce. How do we motivate those people? How do we keep them motivated? Training, you know, we have to go ahead and keep them, keep them involved, keep them active, engaged in our workforce. So that's something you got to take a look at. Like I said, there's a lot of information out there. Uh, I just touched on just some of the information, and uh, hope that you can actually take take a look at and see what's happening around your world. Don't be afraid about AI. Because it's there. If it's if AI is there to augment and enhance your work, then it's a good thing. If AI is out there to totally eliminate your job and work, it may not be a good thing. It might be a time to, like I said, to go ahead and rethink. We may need to go ahead and maybe fall back on some training here, here, and there and stuff. You know. Um, this topic is is kind of d- deep. And uh, like I said, I've only been able to touch on a little bit of it. And I'd like to thank you very much for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to drop us a line, please drop us a line at leadershipinmotion036 at gmail.com. We also have a Patreon page. If you like the content, if you like uh, what we're we're trying to get out there to um, to you folks, right? If you like what we're doing please go ahead and contribute to our podcast. You know, it will keep us doing what we're doing, providing you information, something that you can probably bring to work. And start, when you're at the next meeting, right, and somebody's talking about AI or something, you can say, yes, but are we already establishing policies and procedures about how and what we're going to do to our workforce? People are going to look at you, and they're going to be like, whoa, <laughs> I didn't know that, you know, Joe has a point there. We seriously need to go ahead and, and think that. How are we safeguarding, the data that we're using and is it ethical how we're using it people are going to look at you and you're going to think wow you know where did he get this this information from and that's what i'm trying to do i'm trying to get you the the information something to spark conversation discussion in your workplace you know and start thinking about you know we may need to start thinking things a little bit more differently we may need to go ahead and, and address those issues and stuff so I love my podcast, I love my audience, and I love you all, folks. And I really wish that you guys uh, um, will subscribe, um, write review if you can. I really would appreciate that, and uh, I wish you the very best. And uh, thank you, and as always, take the lead today for a better tomorrow. This has been Leadership in Motion with Dr. Israel Molina. Please subscribe to our podcast.